0: This is exactly right. Here's one. Okay.
1: <laughs> that would be a totally different podcast. Here's one. All right.
0: Again, it's not, it's not going to make you laugh right at the top. Okay. But when we get into the details, this is an amazing story. Here it is. Hey, I'm pumped how a man's sexual performance led to a massive arson spree. Yeah, that is funny. Somebody laughed.
1: (laughs) Somebody driving around just laughed. Uh, To all the bananas out there who do laugh at that, welcome to another beautiful bananas
0: Bananas, folks. I'm Kurt
1: Braunohler. I am banana boy number two, Scotty Landis. How are you, Curtie B? It's so good to see you. So
0: good to see you. And uh, we have some exciting news. Yes, we do. For people who've been asking for a Bananas Live in the Midwest, Chicago. We're coming for you, baby. December 11th, Chicago at The Den is a very cool looking theater. I'm very excited. That is cool theater.
1: I think I saw Beth Stelling play there. Uh, Past guest, Beth Stelling, I think, played The Den. Ooh, nice. Um. Yeah, we're coming for you, Chicago. Chicago, I think is still our number one listenership city. So this one will probably
0: sell out very quickly. Don't sit on your thumbs. Get out there, buy those tickies. The link is in the bio of our Instagram. So go to our Instagram and you go to like you know the profile page. There's a little link. It says Linktree. You click on it. All the Tickets for all the shows there, including Los Angeles, Boom. Brooklyn, Fort yep. Wayne, Indiana, Indianapolis, of course, Indiana. The big four.
1: <laughs> the big four in show business. Those are the big four. And Brooklyn, Hamden, Connecticut, LA, don't Fort, Fort Wayne. Hamden. And Hamden, Connecticut, and Indianapolis, <laughs> Al Unser Jr.'s Playground. It's a little bananas mini tour. So go get tickets, guys. And the uh, LA show at Dynasty Typewriter. Do we want to go out and say this is a Halloween coming costume show?
0: Yep. We are okay, sure do. Okay, come
1: in costumes. Normally, Kurt and I are like adults, do whatever you want to do, but we're going to pack it in, come dressed in a costume. We'll talk to exactly right l- legal and see if we're allowed to even do a costume contest. Hopefully, we can. Yeah,
0: or we'll just do a contest viewing party <laughs> with Force. no winners.
1: No winners. Nobody wins, but everybody has a great time. Exactly. We'll be in... Well, we'll, we, we'll be in... I no got costume. mine. I'm ready. I, you already know what it is. I've already talked about on the pod, but I, it is fully assembled, and I am a month and a half early and oh, right, Banana oh, you Boy already, number two You fashion. have
0: your gnome costume.
1: Your long got it. I'm going to be a garden gnome. So come on out. Come to Dynasty <laughs> Typewriter in Los Angeles. See me sweating more than Kurt, Probably. because I'm going to have a full beard and a dunce cap, and the whole nine, I'm going to look like a lovable little garden gnome. I think I might be a beaver. That's my idea right now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is going to be a good one. And that LA one, we are live streaming, so buy tickets, drink along, laugh along. It's going to be a beautiful night for uh, bananas everywhere.
0: Okay, I got to get into this one for you. This one, Scotty, is going to require me to read, I, I don't think, mind. the entire article, okay? Okay, okay. Now, this was sent in by Erica oh, Will Whoit, and I will... Update. Erica know, knows the p- people involved in this. Like, okay. I think it's like a, a relative uh, somehow, okay. um, and she's from this area. One of the towns is called Assawoman. Assawoman Bay. I've heard of that before. <laughs> Another town is called Anacoc, and they're mm-hmm. right next to each other. Okay. All those, right. So first, those off, indigenous people were. They were having fun. It was it was a good, it's a good time. We're already mm-hmm. it's already funny with the names. This is from August fifth, twenty seventeen, in the New York Post, written Close by enough. Stephanie Cohen, who is she daddy. is. She's the best in the goddamn business. She really is. This is a well-written article. On November 12th, 2012, the abandoned mm. house across the field from Deborah Clark's home in uh, Acomac County, Virginia, caught on fire. Okay, cool. It was a cool, dry night, and the house hadn't had working power in years. Clark knew in her bones what had happened. Somebody done set the house on fire, she told the <laughs> 911 dispatcher as the flames grew. That night, the firefighters would respond to two more fires. Okay. Over the next six months, they would that's respond to more than 60. And this is a tiny county, all right? Oh uh, Yeah, Not that's 12. a lot of fires. In Washington Post reporter Monica Hesse's new book, quote, American fire, love, arson, and life in a vanishing land. I'll read it. I want to read it now, too. She I want to read it. She recounts the slow destruction of Acomac County, once one of the Aww. richest rural counties in the nation, Fire by raging fire, taking the reader inside a town that had slowly, metaphorically been burning down for decades as farming jobs disappeared. People fled in search of work. Education levels fell and poverty Mm -hmm. levels rose. She also takes us inside the lives of two of the county's residents. And here's where it gets interesting. That's enough. Charlie Smith, a hapless Mm -hmm. but likable formerly drug addicted mechanic and Tanya Bundick. Oh. The beautiful but troubled woman he loved. See, let's, this is already Stephanie Cohen is doing a great job. I'm yeah. invested. We start general. Now we're getting into the specifics. We got great little descriptions of these people. I know, and there's so many times
1: where like aspiring writers or writers ask me how I come up with character names or how they should come <laughs> up with character <laughs> names. The two names you just said are such perfect small town names. Tanya
0: Bundick and Tanya Bundick and Charlie Smith.
1: Perfect. That's all you need. Don't overthink it. Just
0: open up a phone book, drag your finger halfway down. There's one. The unlikely couple burned white-hot at first but seemed to run out of luck and <laughs> love at about the same time. Yeah. As their re- relationship good. faltered and money grew so tight that they were at one point eating food from a dumpster, they found an outlet for their frustrations by using Aww. some old rags and matches during long night drives that usually ended with a call to 911. Oh, yeah. I see. The book, which is more of a why done it than a who done it, according to Hesse, she reveals the culprit's right away but gives us their motivations later is written from the point of view of the stymied law enforcement agents who spent hundreds of thousands of dollars and Too thousands much. of hours trying to track down the vandals, the vigilante groups that sprung up in reaction to the arsons, of course they did, and the couple behind all the mayhem. All right. So, again, it's, there's like a police... Uh, I'm going to skip a couple paragraphs here. It's like a police state. There's all these fires burning. It's a police state. There's yeah. road checks. They're looking for these people. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, here's where it gets (laughs) good. Smith Uh and Bundick were at the end of the honeymoon phase of their romance. The two had met at the county's only real option for nightlife, Shuckers.
1: Shuckers, great name. I love a Shuckers. Shuckers. You just reminded me of a story. Keep going. Uh,
0: Shuckers, described by one local as the town's answer to Studio 54 if Studio 54 had a parking lot full of pickup trucks. Bundick was, quote, very pretty with a fine boned face and big blue eyes that had that flat board look of an Egyptian statue, unquote. I'm wow. turned okay. on. I'm I'm my pants got tight with that description. <laughs> <laughs> Her skin was a little orange from constant tanning. <laughs> Tighter. <laughs> yeah, my pants just blasted across the room. <laughs> wow. On one occasion she showed up at Shucker's in nothing but lingerie. Whoa. She also hid a painful pass that had turned into a raging cauldron of anger. Smith, quote, a decent guy who was just a little lost, Mm -hmm. had long assumed Bundick was out of his league, but one night she talked to him and that changed everything, not only for him, but eventually for their whole town. The two were in a good place for a while. Soon, Smith opened his own body shop in the old post office, as Mm -hmm. you do. Bundick opened a, quote, going-out-clothes store called... Here it is, quote, a tiny taste of toot. (laughs) Oh, that got me. Uh, To me, I have never heard toot mean anything but cocaine. And I don't think anyone refers to it as cocaine. I think it was just one person I met once who referred to it as cocaine. A little toot toot. A tiny taste of toot. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Which maybe means like going out, you're going to have a little tiny taste of coke, you know? Yeah. Meant to provide the town's women folk with clothes to wear to shuckers. This is a specific shuckers. It's a it's a you know straight from the store to shuckers kind of a trail. All right, lilac quote lilac bling dress size medium nineteen dollars. She wrote on her Facebook page. They were even planning a wedding. It was to be. November rain-themed, based loosely on the 1991 <laughs> Guns N' Roses video, Hell despite yeah. the fact that the bride in the video mysteriously <laughs> dies at the end. <laughs> this is true. And somebody dives through a cake. I've always wanted to dive through a wedding cake at a wedding. <laughs> I've watched that video a 100 times. <laughs> Bundick and Smith envis- envisioned it as the party of the year with 300 mm-hmm. guests, which I don't even know if there's that many people in Acomac County. So... Arson is a weird crime, writes Hesse. It doesn't make its perpetrators any richer, she explains, nor does it usually get rid of someone you hate. It's a crime in which the weapon is nature and the end result is the destruction of a thing, the changing of a landscape, the carving of a charged signature onto a dead piece of earth. Mm. Mm-hmm. Writing. Good writing. Not all arsonists are pyromaniacs, she Thank explains. You. For a true pyromaniac, Hesse writes, the fire itself is the motive. They light fires because something about lighting fires gives them a sense of release. Here it is. At the height of their crime spree, their fires were almost every night. Firemen were sleeping in the stations, not even bothering to go home. Law enforcement from all over the area was staked out near abandoned buildings, hoping to see something suspicious. They used computer programs to find patterns in the fires, but there wasn't any patterns. Whoa. Other than a deep-seated, they didn't have a pattern or a motive, other than a deep-seated anger at the world and a fairly devastating and embarrassing secret that had severely impacted their romance. Here it is, Scotty. Okay, hit me. Smith had fallen hard for Bundick. All his Uh other girlfriends, they, quote, were just there, he would later tell the cops. But, quote, I was happy with this one, he said. But he was also a little intimidated by her, it seems. As if he couldn't believe his luck at having landed her. And his disbelief manifested itself in a terrible way. Quote, the moment I fell in love with her, my dick stopped working, he told the cops. Quote, oh they were broke, they were isolated from their families, wow. they were low on work, and they were going to the food line, and they were eating garbage, writes Hesse, but all of this could have been dealt with if it weren't for the fact that as soon as he'd fallen in love with Tanya Bundick, he couldn't perform in bed, Interesting. and he wanted to do anything he could to make her happy. So when, on a November night in 2012, the two were out driving around, and Bundick suddenly said to him, as Smith recalls it, I want you to set that house on fire. <laughs> Oh, he was confused, but he wanted to please her. So he got out of the car and came back saying he'd done it. And for the first time in months, she seemed happy. Quote, after months of feeling like he was a disappointment to Tanya, like she was on the verge of leaving him, he had finally done something that made her happy. But when she went, but when she wanted to check on the flames later that night, he had to confess that he didn't actually set the fire. Wow. And she said, quote, never send a man to do a woman's job. She allegedly (laughs) said exasperated. (laughs) They went back and burned that house down, Charlie told the cops, according to Hesse. And then they burned 66 more after it. It's unclear why the arsons made Bundick so happy. But Hesse, who only interviewed Bundick once, speculates about the complexity of her character. She was a smart, beautiful woman in a small town who'd grown up within extreme poverty and with a terribly abusive father. She was a good mother, but one of her sons had started getting in trouble at school. Her clothing shop was going bust, and her man couldn't make love to her. She'd right. maybe just come to the end of her rope. Quote, if you are a person who is stuck in this town that is deeply frustrating to you, yeah. what better crime is there than to burn the place down, Hesse My asks. God. My- that- that is God. intense. This is wow. intense. Why is there not a movie about this? There will be after this podcast. Oh, my God. And I definitely was like, I know that feeling. I know that feeling before I moved out of Jersey. I love Jersey now. But when I was 17 years old, oh, my God, to just burn Jersey to the ground would have satisfied me completely. Really? Oh, you dog, yes. you yes, the the just the general ennui that I felt when I was there, but now I love it. I could go and I could live there, I could retire there. So you'd church. put out every fire in that town if they'd give
1: you a long enough hose. <laughs> <laughs> you want to save that small little hamlet you grew up exactly. in. exactly now I do, but back then, man, it was a different yeah, story. that's. When you were saying shuckers the one shuckers. place in town to meet people you and also I have a great story about a woman I used to work with named Tanya that I'll I'll save for uh, oh no you a, can just take it. if we epi. do the
0: whole if we do the whole episode on this story this is fine is fine shuckers reminding you of wind jammers
1: no, but I do love Windjammers. Well, <laughs> what do you remember about Windjammers? Okay, we so could talk this is, about jammers. So
0: this is Windjammers. This is where our friend Chris and Sam got married. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got married in, outside Charleston. Sullivan's Island. Yeah, Sullivan's Island. No, we got they got married on the Isle of oh, Goat Island. Goat Island, yeah. Yeah, we had to take a ferry out to Goat Island. Kurt married our good friends. I did. Um, and then we went. The after party was at Windjammers, he mm-hmm. was on the beach. Mm-hmm. What I remember for Windjammers is the moment we walked in, there's a yes. band playing. The yes. moment we got there, Scotty immediately made a beeline for the dance floor. Correct. Started dancing. We were at this after party for... Four hours? Scotty Probably. never stopped dancing. <laughs> every time I looked over it, you were with different people still yeah. dancing, just yes. big smile, waving, really yeah. getting down. I'm in a
1: suit, every, a suit and tie. Everybody else is just wearing their South Carolina best. But the detail <laughs> that I remember is that somebody came up to me on the dance floor and told me I was the only man on the dance floor Uh it was all women and that all of their husbands and boyfriends were lined up getting drunker and drunker at the bar waiting to kick my ass (laughs) and somebody was like yeah oh my god somebody was like hey man you might want to like cool it because like all these guys are pissed at you for dancing with everybody and I was like hell no and I just danced hard that's why I danced so long as I was protest dancing that they were going to whoop my ass
0: oh my god I had no idea about that that's so fucking insane yeah like 20 minutes
1: into me just getting down to some local cover band like having a good time somebody was like dude these guys are getting pissed at you and I was like well hold on tight because I got endurance baby
0: I'm (laughs) dancing all night I mean at some point we all joined you because we we're just yeah like, of course he has been dancing since we arrived <laughs> we we're like we should go out and dance with him and we like came out and danced with you for maybe like three songs but then it was like yes. all right i'm gonna take a break for a little while and you just kept going <laughs> i love it if i'm drinking
1: if somebody will bring me drinks on the dance floor i love dancing it's so fun <laughs> and yeah that i love jammers. it's a it's a fun-ass place and the the band was good and everybody was having a good time but yeah i I think you guys probably all joined me on the dance floor right around that time where it was like the tipping point of those – local yokels getting drunk enough where one of them was going to say something, yeah. but also I was dancing by myself so much that yes. they must have been like, he's just going for it. Yeah. Like, and there's no, I wasn't grinding on anybody. I know,
0: exactly. You weren't like coming up and being like, hey baby, you were literally dancing by yourself. You're jumping up and down, just like having a good time. No one could be mad at that person.
1: <laughs> Apparently about 35 guys could be. But it was that other thing too where like you could feel like all the women on the dance floor were at first scared for the first like four or five songs and then just realized i was having a blast and then slowly got closer and closer until we're all having fun like yeah it definitely went from being like oh somebody got out of the sanitarium this week (laughs) and then it was like nah he's just coming from a drunk wedding on goat island (laughs) ah man i love that so much oh my god so
0: let me let me just finish this story yeah yeah, yeah. so they were finally caught and of course charlie doesn't rat tanya out he says he did Mm. it all himself Until he's in jail and he finds out that she's uh, seeing somebody else. Then he rats her out. Um, (laughs) What a turn. (laughs) What a change of heart he had. I love her. I would never rat her out. Weirdly, she gets 17 years and he gets 15 years. They're both still in jail. Uh, Yeah, there it is. Um, And here it is. Uh, The ending sentence that we have Mm. to give credit to Stephanie Cohen and also, of course, to uh, the woman who wrote the book, which is Monica Hesse's book, American Fire, Love, Arson, and, Gotta Life read and it. a Vanishing Land. Gotta read that. Mm-hmm. Um, years later, the residents of Acomic County would talk amongst themselves about the fires that had been lit for sex. But Hesse corrects this story. Quote, the fires were not lit for sex, she writes, but for love. Heck yeah. Mm-hmm. Woo. Woo. That's good, Right. That now.
1: was a great story. That guy, he, he could have had erectile dysfunction because he fell in love. He, When the emotions got involved, he couldn't handle it. And isn't that just being a modern man these days? So let's just burn our little, sweet, once-affluent town to the ground. mm so
0: Overthinking it, bud. Erica Wilhuit, who sent it in, she wrote, Okay, so there's a lot to this. These people caused <laughs> so much trouble in our town and depleted our local viol- volunteer firehouses. She's from this town. But when the background story came out, we all kind of giggled at the insanity. This was my brother-in-law's cousin. And there's some good backstories we chuckle at family holidays despite the mess. Also, I heard y'all talking about horrible town names, and we grew up in Assawoman, which is right next to Horntown <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> and Onacock. Yeah, the picture And the pictures, it's, they're, they're great. They're perfect. They're perfect arsonists, if you see the picture. They sound damn
1: good. My goodness. Should I do a real quick short one, or should we tease this into a break? What do you think? Um, do a
0: real quick short one. Let's do a real quick short one.
1: Omaha man stabs himself in leg while driving, holding knife, and eating Taco Bell. Hell yeah. That's a great headline mm-hmm. written by Aliyah Conley for the o- Omaha World Star. Mm. You've you got to love what Aliyah Conley's been up to. Yeah. She is a best-in-the-biz type of journalist. This was sent in by Keegan Korf. Thank you, Keegan Korf. Traffic safety officials, oh man, traffic <laughs> traffic safety officials always say you should not drive while distracted. More specifically, you shouldn't drive while talking to your friend on the phone, eating Taco Bell and holding a knife. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, stuff is going I on. mean, it's so a many things going on. Unfortunately for a 39 year old Omaha man, he did just that Thursday and inadvertently stabbed himself in his leg. Oof. The man had picked up some food at the Taco Bell near 38th and Dodge, uh, just before 2am. Shout out to all our, uh, to people that know that taco bell maybe <laughs> maybe we dedicate this whole episode to fast food workers yeah fast food workers really bailed so many people out during the Hell great War. Yeah. they're underpaid they're overworked this episode's for you guys especially the ones at the taco bell in omaha near 38th and dodge street
0: um, and speaking of so, that i do want yeah. to give one shout out i think it was on this american life or maybe it was radio lab that i was listening to but um but whereas I think it was McDonald's was gave out like 10 million meals to essential workers during the pandemic. Okay. Um, and so if like you're an essential worker, you would come in, they would give you a free meal, right? Very cool. But Fantastic. the guy who was working there, he's like, but we're working and we don't get the free meal. The people True. who work at McDonald's didn't get the fucking free meal, which is insane. So yes, insane. we insane. should dedicate this to uh, to all of the fast food workers out there. You Everybody says, food. oh, I don't eat fast
1: food. Every town has five fast yep. food places. There's always cars in that drive through Everybody loves it. It's delicious. Anyways, the man had picked up some food at Taco Bell near 38th and Dodge Streets before 2 a.m. Thursday and was on his way to give some to his girlfriend. According to the police report, he was eating and driving. He later told police, and he was talking to a friend via his Bluetooth speaker, and then he was looking at his knife a friend had (laughs) given him. He drove over a large pothole or hit a bump in the road, and the jolt, quote, made him accidentally stab himself in the right thigh with the knife. Oh. Oh. I know. The man was left with an inch, one and a half inch deep puncture wound on the top of his right thigh. It's a brand new knife. You don't need to look at your knife while you're driving.
0: Eating, talking on the
1: phone, both not good. But then also holding a knife. Come on, dude. This is karma. (laughs) Uh, The man headed to near. (laughs) Holding it
0: facing down, too. That's the craziest part.
1: When you're driving with a knife in your hand, you only want to face it down. (laughs) God forbid the airbag goes off and you stab yourself (laughs) in the forehead. (laughs) Safety first, Kurt. Point it down towards your reproductive organs. The man headed to nearby Nebraska Medical Center where he waved down security officers and asked them where the emergency room was. Uh, he was released. He's fine. He gave his girlfriend the Taco Bell. I just thought this was so funny. I mean, like, mm-hmm. God, thank God it was just a bump in the road and yeah. not a you know, a late-night cycling peloton or something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> also, if he had hit his uh, femoral artery, he'd be dead.
1: Thank you. I bet he wasn't thinking about that. I and you know it's always like you always downgrade what you were doing. Like yeah, you're always like when you get busted for doing something stupid right. and you were doing something really dumb. You're like no. So he was holding a knife, talking to a friend on the phone, eating Taco Bell, and driving. And probably had doing t- something else. Two more
0: things. I would bet. <laughs> I would bet. Trying to light a cigarette and jerking off at the same time. That's
1: right. I was thinking like, he was looking at nudes on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> yes oh god it's so good and opening a sauce packet with his teeth yeah. and then just bazinga right into the old thigh do you, what you a, remember what
0: a was it a thing where you grew up were butterfly knives hugely popular amongst your friends around 12 years old
1: yeah they were there was a place called sunny surplus yeah. there was an army navy store and they would sell knives to kids yeah. so we would just buy as many knives as possible we would yeah. go to
0: collingswood auction that's where you would get your butterfly knives and then to do – and a, a butterfly <laughs> it you would have to know the trick. You would have to be able to open it in the crazy way. Like instead yes. of just like folding it open and doing it. But like you hold one side of it, flap it open, and then like wrap your hand around it in mid-flight and grab it on the other side. It was that – Right. It was that bird So you chop your own fingers off. Yeah, but you could easily chop your, <laughs> your fingers off. So easy.: And then to be able to close it as well without chopping your fingers off. Yeah, my, oh my buddy
1: God. we all we were allowed to have uh knives not guns on my silly street mm-hmm. on Waywood and my friend Kyle's mom gave us her former uh knife set kitchen block knife set once cuz she got new ones she was <laughs> like you guys can have these so we walked out in the woods with a old you know Faberware or whatever kitchen knife set. We, Kyle and I, in the middle of the summer, probably around 12 years old, found a suitable tree, used the cleaver and chopped down a tree over three days. We had to switch hands. We were getting blisters. We would wrap, like, it was, it was. I don't understand why people climb Everest. I don't understand why we cut down this tree. It's because we had something to prove and our hormones were... We chopped down a tree with a a cleaver. cleaver, cleaver. It took three days. Like a tree. Like I couldn't, as an adult, get my arms around this tree now. And it was like, this one's got to go. It
0: was that big? It was that big?
1: I'm not kidding. It took us three days. We would leave the knives and hide them under leaves and then come back the next morning on our bikes and continue chopping. I mean, calloused, skin peeling off our palms, just like two... I don't know what it was, (laughs) but it was... I look back with total regret and go, I don't even... I don't... And then when it fell, it was
0: like, well, that's done. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Well, we did it. Yeah. We're not making a dam like a beaver does. We're just letting it fall. No. I mean, yeah, if we
1: should have, we should have learned how to work wood. We should have become carpenters and built some tables for the old ladies in our town, but we didn't. (laughs) We were just stupid 12-year-olds. I'm going to go plant a tree after this episode. (laughs)
0: so insane so insane um, alright I'll tease us out I'll tease you better us out. Uh, nudge nudge wink wink how do animals <laughs> flirt hey I don't know let's find out when we come back to Bananas if you're to call, maybe try- We are back, Scotty.
1: We're back. And I got to say, before we get into the banana mail, before we get into all that, that wacky stuff we always do on this pod, I think it's time for our next uh, Best of Bananas. I think it's Bob with Lisa Maga, the intern.
0: B-O-B. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you. Thanks for having me again. No problem. Welcome back. What? What, what is the Best of Bananas this week that you got for us?
2: This week, our best of bananas is the fatal and debilitating animal sex.
0: All right, fatal and
1: debilitating animal sex. So you're saying we've done at least five of these before? Okay, okay.
2: Actually, All technically right. four. I just have, okay. but it was such a good topic that I was like, <laughs> "This is interesting enough." I,
1: I, I couldn't agree I more. You. Okay, go, let's hear. Let's him. Start at the top. Here we go. All
2: right. First off, we have. Duck has traumatized penis removed after non-stop sex. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I remember mm-hmm. that one. He didn't, I remember not It was, where like I was. For a couple of days, he wouldn't stop. Uh, mm-hmm. That was an early one, too. It was an early one as well. I like that.
2: Mm-hmm. We got a lot of duck penis conversations and the corkscrew penis sort of situation. <laughs> I thought it was...
1: Nature's wine opener. Absolutely. <laughs>
2: <laughs> then we have... Extreme mating kills tiny marsupials in mass, says researchers.
1: In, in mass. Oh. I think you did this one, Scotty. I think so, too. And I can't even remember, but I think that they were just such voracious humpers that they kill themselves having sex. Yeah. And they have very large testicles, too. I think I remember that detail for some reason, <laughs> but maybe that was something else. Maybe
0: that was a different documentary. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What are we? What's the next one?
2: All right. Then we have... Seattle Aquarium cancels Octopus Sex Act due to cannibalism concerns.
0: Oh, yes.
1: Yeah. So they were going to invite families and, and, and interested parties to watch, and they were uh, scared that one of the octopi was going to eat the other one. Yes.
0: I mean, also, it is insane that that was even pitched as a show. It's just <laughs> like, hey, listen, we're going to watch Octopi. Fuck. You guys yeah. down with it? Bring your kids. <laughs> Sign us up.
2: I'm all in for that, though.
1: <laughs> it's educational. That's my octopus exactly. teacher.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, what's the next one? All
2: right, this is the last one in this segment. It is invading cicadas may turn into sex-crazed zombies this summer.
0: That is... It's honestly, uh-huh. I think, one of my favorite banana stories. Just because... And they did. Yeah. Oh, they did. And their butt... They make... They, like, the butt falls off, and then it's full of, like, a like a Shrooms. psychoactive, yeah, psychoactive yeah. bacteria. I mean, it's just, it's insane. That's a great one. Thank you, Lisa, bringing us the B.O.B. Best of bananas, folks. And everybody out there, if you
1: want to, like, wish Lisa a happy birthday, her birthday's August 18th. The ultimate gift for any intern of a podcast is go over to <laughs> Apple. Give us a five-star rating and review in say I'm doing this happy birthday Lisa that would make us also happy and it'll be a much better year if you do.
0: And also just uh, just FYI, Lisa pitched us on this idea that this would be her birthday present. We didn't <laughs> say like, "Lisa, this is what we're getting you for your birthday. Reviews for our podcast."
2: <laughs> True. That would mean a lot to me,
1: so. There we go. Right. A pro to the end. Thank you, Thanks, Lisa. Lisa. Thank you again to our wonderful intern Lisa Maggot. We uh, check out our Instagram, The Bananas Podcast, and you can see those top stories. We're going to do that every now and then because we think Lisa is the best, and she works so hard for us. And uh, give her a follow on social media
0: too. Yeah. Also, uh, yeah, follow us. Uh, follow us on uh, uh, on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast. Go rate and Might review as well. us you can easily rate and review us by just going to ratebananas.com. Isn't that easy? R A T E We made a website. We made a mess. RateBananas.com. Just give us give us five stars. Come on, we're coming to your town. I'm dressing like a gnome. Kurt might be a beaver. These are big things. <laughs> <laughs> also, we we're gonna have. i I ordered a, a yellow suit for the regular live shows that are not Halloween themed. I'm, I ordered some yellow suit stuff,
1: too, but I think they're different than yours, so we're going to just be two very tall white men <laughs> glowing on stage. If you're trying to film it secretly on your TikTok, we'll probably get blown out by it, so uh, come out and say hey. I do have a bunch of shout-outs and banana yes. mails. First of all, today, mm. happy birthday to Travis Millard, oh, uh, our birthday, good Travis. buddy- Travis is the guy who designed our bananas logo of Kurt and I as bananas sitting at the desk, as well as our tour poster and many, many other pieces of art for me. My my cabin is basically Travis Millard art. You can check him out on Instagram uh, at at the other fudge, or you can go to travismillard.com dot com and buy a bunch of his prints and art and make your house and bedroom way cooler. Also, wanted to give the unusual needle. She made us a beautiful cross stitch of you and me. Yes, she did. It's incredible. Um, I'm hanging it in my office over at the loft if you don't mind. Oh, please do. But thank you. Check out the Unusual Needle. She sent us pins. If Olive wants pins or anything, we got some postcards. It's just, uh, I mean, the whole thing was beautiful. Thank you so much. You're very talented. And uh, keep an eye out on Pod Swag. Kurt and I are going to do some seasonal banana candles. We just approved the artwork. So if you like us. Banana, banana dolls. Banana (laughs) candles, and they these we're making a very limited run of these. So if you're gonna get a banana candle
0: with Kurt's mug and my mug on it, walk and run. And I believe that was that was inspired by Bonnie Goodhart, right? Correct. Bonnie made two candles for us from lit candles, which are pretty cool. You can kind of like do. Candles of your choice, lit candles. Yes. Check it out, and uh, we're like, this is a great idea for merch. So now we're doing it. So shout out so th- to Bonnie for having thanks the idea. Sir Bonnie, absolutely.
1: But uh, check those out. All the other crap on pod swag. I think we are sold out of the hypercolor shirts because they're so 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 dope. But hopefully, we'll be getting those back. Um, yeah. Thanks, everybody,
0: for supporting the cause. Let's talk about how animals flirt. This was sent in by Stormy C. Stormy C sends a lot of stuff in. Stormy C does. Thank you, Stormy C. We got one in here. This is uh, on National Geographic, and it is uh, written by Liz Langley. Oof. Oof. but in the best Liz Langley. Just the best. God, she's so good at what she types. This was uh, published February 6, 2016. Okay. So... There's some stuff here. It's like, how do animals flirt? Uh, Some intro stuff. Um, All right. Pheasant dance. Birds are the most well-known flirters, and among them peacocks, bowerbirds, and birds of paradise usually Uh steal the show. Until that is, you see... The male great Argus, a type of pheasant that puts on possibly the most impressive display, the great Argus flashes long eye spotted feathers in a dazzling dance to woo females. We fell in love with it too, so the flirting must work on humans. Come on now, Liz, quit it Liz got it got God it. damn it Liz um the bottlenose bros uh, we will put a video of that of that dance. the video is currently I on sure a novel hope that they so. Were uh, male bottlenose dolphin also turn the charm by forming cooperative alliances. The male dolphin will swim and break the surface in a highly synchronous way, even leaping around in what may be an effort to impress the ladies. If not, they have other tricks up their um blowholes. Thank on,
1: you. Liz How good
0: is Liz! Liz! Come on! <laughs> <laughs> Dolphins are very tactile animals, and yes, males and females will pet and rub their close associates, frequently using their pectoral friends and other body parts as a way to bond and or show affection. Spicy. And here's the final one, Scotty. Mm-hmm. This is what we've all been waiting for. I love flirts. Now that we have some dancing, how about some a perfume? What the? Male giraffes. We'll explore a female's rump and genital area, and if she likes him, wink, Liz! Come on, Liz! She'll voluntarily produce urine, which he'll sniff and taste to see if she's in estrus there we go quote males cannot afford to waste time and energy trying to court a female who is already pregnant or not yet in estrus rachel tell me about it (laughs) jeez i
1: wish i had known that when i was 19 (laughs)
0: giraffes are so busy they're eating they're standing (laughs) they do not have time to waste I'm trying to court a other female who is not, who's already pregnant. Nope. <laughs> They've got places to be like over there and things to do like that tree. That's right. An independent blah, 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 blah. She added that many animals do the same. She added that many animals do the same without referencing it. Wow. Uh, mating can okay. be a pretty precarious business, Brad. And so you tell, mm-hmm. you're tell you telling me. You're telling mm-hmm. me, Brad. hmm Mm-hmm. A male, this is for giraffes, a male has to rise quite high on his hind legs and raise his forelegs a long way off the ground, she says. If he if he makes an attempt to climb on top of her and she walks away, he could be in for quite a fall. Yes, this is giraffe sex jokes, but by scientists. I like it. Uh, so he'll keep checking if she's interested by pressing lightly on her rump with his chest. But oh. She may also be stalling until a better suitor.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what it sounds like. I've seen that at clubs before. The girl <laughs> looking around the club and the guy
0: bumping against her. It's not a good look for him. I feel so bad for her. Um,. And that is it. There's another one with some insects, but they're not interesting. It's not interesting. So that is how animals flirt. In case you wanted, I like to... it. I, love I it.
1: like it. Did I talk about this one? This is what? like a
0: real quick anecdote. But when I was 16,
1: I, I was dating someone, and uh, she told me that this other guy in my class smelled so good.
0: Mm-hmm. So I asked that guy what, like, what cologne he wore. He oh, said polos. Can I? Yeah. No. Oh, it's okay. You already said it. I oh. was gonna guess Dracar Noir. That was no. the. That was my high school's go-to
1: oh no sorry I thought you were going to just tell me that I already told this one it was real short and simple so she said I like polo sport was what it was polo sport very popular in that era and so I I drive to Macy's or J.C. Penney or whatever was at the mall and it was like $54 for the bottle and I had like no money so every time I would drive over to take her out on a little date or hang out with her I would drive to the mall and walk up to the, cash- no, the counter and no, get the person not. to give me a sample no, and then get back in my car and oh drive it so I would add an extra like <laughs> five minutes to my drive just so I would smell like polo sport I, also I don't like the smell of polo sport I think it's bad but like I would just walk in you know at like 4.30 on a Tuesday walk right up and be like can I try this one and she'd like spray it on a little piece of paper and i would just rub that paper on my wrist and walk out the store like thank you and do the same thing two days later
0: and do the same thing on saturday oh i love that i love that so much that it is like a rite of passage or at least it was back then for like a i don't know 12 13 14 year old boy of like get like getting a cologne like i don't wear cologne anymore no i do not I get complimented for not wearing cologne. Have yes. you ever gotten complimented for not wearing cologne? People, will be like, "You smell good," and I'd be like, "It's called Speed Stick." Yeah, clean laundry and Speed Stick. What else do you need?
1: That's true. That it's true. is
0: it. So, did I ever tell you? I, I know I've I've talked about going to uh, the drive-through safari before, and I've talked about, yes, sir. I've talked about my ostrich experience, but have I talked about the giraffe experience at the Six Flags oh. drive-through safari?
1: I don't, I don't think, think so. I, have. I would love to hear about it, even if you <laughs>
0: have. Again, if you haven't heard the episode where I talk about this, there was a place in New Jersey called Six Flags Great Adventure, and it had a drive-through safari, which mm-hmm. was basically, you could just drive your car through where the animals were. There was no like barriers between the animals and the cars. Yes, they, nothing the cars, can go wrong. The cars interacted with the animals, <laughs> and they... They didn't make it, this is the craziest part, they didn't make it illegal until like 2015 or something, which is crazy. Then you'd have to be on a, on a bus, and it would like be a tra- driven okay. through. But Slightly then, less cruel. During the Great Quar... Yes, sir. They went back to it. You currently can now drive your car through where the animals live again at the drive-through safari. For it. Get it while the getting's good, y'all. Don't hurt those animals. Don't hurt those animals because it's very easy to hurt the animals. Here's an example. Mm. <laughs> oh boy, we're driving a Honda. My mom's driving a Honda Civic through. This just shouldn't have been allowed. We should. It's you, a should small can't, car. you shouldn't be able to drive a car through where animals while the animals are. No sir. Driving through. I'm probably ten or something. Okay. And we're in the. All of a sudden, a giraffe walks up to the road while we're driving through. So we're just going slow. We're I like believe amazed. you. Amazed, this giraffe is right next to us. Have you ever seen a giraffe in person? Very, very beautiful, very impressive, great animal. And then all of a sudden, it comes down. It like it lowers it its head hmm. down, and in my mind, it's like looking through the windshield at sure. us. Yes. And we were like communing with nature in the most Ooh. Jersey way possible. Beautiful. And then. It was not actually interested in communing with nature. What it did was it was mm. just in the, it was com- coming down, coming down, coming down, coming down to the hood of the car where the Honda Civic, the 1978 Honda Civic that we were driving, had a hood ornament that was just a long metal strip. It was just uh-huh. one bar of metal. Uh-huh. And he just came down. And ripped the hood ornament <laughs> off the car with his mouth. And then we just watched him try and figure out how to swallow an oh, eight inch no. piece of metal. And then I'm a ten year old boy. I don't what I don't know. And then my mom was just like We're driving away, and we just drove away. There was no one to report it to. There was no phone. There was no like Uh, place that you could be like, "Excuse me, an animal just ripped the car." He's trying to eat the the hood ornament off of our car. There's no one to tell. It was just this was the way it was. This is it it should not exist. No, it shouldn't. Oh, that
1: is. Oh boy, God, that is what is wrong with that experience. I love that so so so
0: insane. Should never exist. Shut down the Six Flags. I'm sure,
1: you know, to all the animal handlers and vets that take good care of those animals, I'm sure they're great people and we're learning a lot. But boy, if a car, if a giraffe can eat a car hood ornament, there's something, <laughs> something wrong here. There's,
0: there's, a, there's a flaw in yes. the basic concept <laughs> of your entertainment if that can happen.
1: That is right. All right, I'm going to take us back a little bit. I was scrolling back in, you know, my bananas word document that I just copy and paste nonstop these days. I'm going way back. So Melissa Parker oh five sent this in probably six months ago, wow. maybe a year ago. Um, but it was I was reminded of it because a lot of bananimals have been DMing us sort of the uh, the video or the meme of this. So, anyways, okay. New Hampshire man loses entire life savings on a carnival game. What? Yeah, I this is a crazy m- I story. I this one. Uh, by Michael Rosenfeld for WBZ.TV. Thank you, Michael Rosenfeld. You go above and beyond so the rest of us can sleep well at night. Epsom, New Hampshire. Henry Gribham. Gribhum, Gribbum, Gribham. Henry Gribbum. There's a lot of consonants in that name. Henry Gribham says he lost his life savings of $2,600 on a carnival game and all he has to show for it is a stuffed banana with dreadlocks. <laughs> oh, quote, you're expecting the kids to win a few things. Let the kids have a good time, says Gribham. It just didn't turn out that way. Gribham says he attended the Manchester Carnival run by New Hampshire-based Fiesta shows I mean I bet there's a dark documentary about Fiesta shows oh, maybe hell, not yeah probably mm-hmm. and wanted to win <laughs> wanted to win an Xbox Connect at a game called tubs of fun where contestants
0: toss balls in a tub oh one of those like little uh, metal wash. Ben, bins that are I, I like think on the wall. So. They are I surprisingly think so. difficult to win. They have like yeah. they just bounce right out every time. <sighs> nothing nothing fun about that. It's Tubs almost like, like it's rigged.
1: <laughs> it's almost There's an old 2020 I think years ago that TV show 2020 where they like take like a professional uh, sharpshooter, like Olympic gold medalist, and oh. they have to shoot out the star and they can't do it. There was like, a very famous one. It was probably like a John Stossel moment. Anyways, Gribham, uh practiced. He said, hey, it's easy. But something changed when he started playing for the prize and the balls kept popping out. Quote, it's not possible that it wasn't rigged, says Gribbham. The 30-year-old from Epsom says he kept trying to win back his money by going double or nothing. He dropped $300 in just a few minutes. Then he says he went... Oh, yes. Uh,
0: uh-huh. He kept trying to win back his money? That's not how carnival games work. Uh, you know, he... <laughs> It's, that's, you, you throw it, you get a prize. That's, it's not. this isn't gambling, this isn't Vegas. There's a
1: reason he lost his life. <laughs> Henry, he's not an accountant. Um, <laughs> and then but, the Carney was just like, yeah, double or nothing, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, sure. I know. The Carney's just going, I'm getting promoted. I'm yeah. going to be running this thing by the end of the day. <laughs> So he drops $300 in just a few minutes. Uh,
0: then he says he went home to get $2,300 more in cash. Okay, so he's got a lot of time to think about whether or not this is a good idea.
1: Yes, he took that, you know, in life. Step back, take 10 seconds, take yeah. 10 breaths, go, Ten what breaths. am I really doing here? Yeah. Then go. Find your life savings and go right back to Tubs of Fun, <laughs> apparently. Uh, quote, you just get caught up in the hole. I've got to win my money back. No,
0: you don't, Henry. You don't. You just Henry. say, I was an idiot and lost $300 at a tub
1: game. Yes. Fiesta shows, says the game is run by an independent contractor who has worked for Fiesta for years. Fiesta tells WBZ TV it is interviewing the contractor to, quote, get to the bottom of what happened. And the game is not being set up in the Carnival and Dairy. Again, this was probably last year. Uh, La da da da. Uh, Flynn said that he did not know the name of the contractor offhand. Convenient, and said it was pretty next to impossible to lose such a large amount of money at that game. I know it's difficult. He says I've tried it myself. I've done it once. I've missed probably twenty times. Manchester Police Lieutenant Maureen Tessier says the department is now
0: investigating to determine if there was any fraud. Man, so but also like that is so such so, such a bullshit answer of like. It's an independent contractor. Do you know what I mean? It was just like, I know what you mean. Literally, if you and I came up to somebody and you mugged them and I've been like, I don't know. He's an independent contractor. I've, yeah. I, I, you know, I'm not responsible for him, even though we yeah. hang out together all the time. He's constantly. The main thing I do is people come to play his games at my thing. But we, I don't yes. even know him. I don't even know the guy. Uh, yeah. I've never seen this guy before in my life. But <laughs>
1: Kurt, after $2,600. Oh. <sighs> He didn't win. <laughs> so his consolation prize ended up being the giant <laughs> banana
0: stuffed with dreadlocks. <laughs> so he won a little bit. But that's the thing. It's like when he was down a thousand dollars. I mean, dear God. The only thing he could have gotten was a banana with dreadlocks. Like that's the best it's a carnival game. Like, it's I incredible. feel like Henry Really needed to be explained the basics of a carnival game.
1: I agree. I mean, I admire his his spirit. I admire I guess his so. he, he never gives up this guy. <laughs> I mean somebody needs to hire him and put him to work. This man sees things till they're done. Oh. He, um, but yes, you're right. He, he was playing for an Xbox Connect. he just didn't get there. I'm sure you can buy many for 2600 dollars if too many. Uh, Xbox connects, but yes, he left with a dreadlock banana. As soon as I saw this, it reminded me of in high school. I had a wonderful English teacher. She was fantastic, and she assigned us over the weekend to write a uh, poem. All we had to do was come in and write a poem. And I went to high school with this group of guys that were hippies. They were uh, this is probably like 1999. They were hippies. They wore patchy pants. They yeah. had dreadlocks. Yeah. They they were called the Fat Ben Posse because the main guy, the most personable guy, was named Ben, and he was a little <laughs> overweight, and he wore giant tie-dyed shirts, and his posse were really nice guys that really loved the Grateful Dead and Fish. And I love it. Uh, you get it. Widespread panic, government mule, the whole night.
0: The string so, cheese incident.
1: Yes. So Monday morning, first mm-hmm. period English, mm-hmm. sophomore year, Blair this guy named Blair who had these long white dreads wow. and little Teddy Roosevelt frame glasses, kind of like John Lennon glasses or whatever. Head down. Classic. Got stoned before first period every single day of his life in the parking lot.
0: He's living, he's living the Grateful Dead cosplay
1: Ha! Yes, he is. And the teacher, I think it was Miss Fitzgibbon's calls and says, Blair, do you have a poem? And we were all like, there's no way in hell, yeah this guy has anything prepared and he's like sits up all stoned red-eyed and goes why yes i do oh, shuffles yes. to the front of the class pulls out a piece of paper like loose leaf unfolds it looks at it looks out at the class and says my hair is like the buffalo for it is long and dirty Twice and then sits back down. That was his his poem. poem. And the teacher was like, you know what? That is kind of a poem. So he didn't fail. But then he just went back, put his head back down.
0: He worked on that for 72 hours. I don't. Oh, I love that. I don't know if I've ever been requested to write a poem in school of any sort but i did get but of course you do get into poetry i don't know if you had a poetry i did of course
1: i used to write tons of them
0: i used to write so much poetry and i remember because i was thinking about this today yes sir because i posted a bunch of photos on my instagram of me as a child uh from like ages 12 to. oh i loved them i saw (laughs) they're very yeah boy looking good they're very weird and um and so many people on in the comments were like i don't I don't believe this is the same child who was like smoking at this time, and I don't believe this is the child who then later <laughs> like did so many drugs. Well, uh, I do, and I was trying to think. I was like, when, what, like, what, what, what was like the a pivotal point, shit? Right? What was the turning point for me? Yeah, and the fork in the road. I do think, mm. I do think, and I want to oh, go back and watch it because we. I mentioned it last time we had an episode with Kristen. Uh-huh. And it triggered the Doors, the movie The Doors. Val Kilmer yeah. in the movie The Doors, I think, yeah. was a pivotal turning point. I think it came out when I was twelve. Huge. The Doors were huge when we were young, like huge. unreasonably, like top band,
1: and now nobody even talks about.
0: Them. Yeah. And that movie, I just remember, like there was. I remember one specific moment where, like, uh, Jim Morrison's wife at the time, her girlfriend, was like, "Are you on? Are you on acid right now?" And he's like. This is some low-grade acid, baby. <laughs> I was always like, what is low-grade acid? <laughs> yeah, just easing into it. But I remember just being like, poetry is Jim Morrison lyrics for The Doors. Sure. Uh, it's a little bit dangerous. It's fueled by drugs and sex. And then that's the kind of poetry that I would try and write. And I think it's like maybe two years later was like kind of the first time I took acid when I was 14, And that's when I think it all shifted, but it was all like inspired by the doors. And that freak, that's like, that's crazy. Because now that I have kids, I'm like, there's going to be some pivotal moment in their life where they're just like personality shifts and changes. Yeah,
1: but you were looking for it, right? Uh That's what you're saying. To me, it was the guy diving through the cake in the November rain video. (laughs) I was like, that guy knows how to party. (laughs) And I'm going to be a human happy hour from here on (laughs) out because of that. Thank you, Axel Rose. That
0: guy knows how to party. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's that's my that's my whole lifestyle icon. I was like, you know what? When everybody else is running and it starts raining, this guy just sprints. There's so many places to dive at a wedding, and he aims directly for the four tier cake and just (laughs) takes it out with his torso, not even hands first. What a hero! Oh my God!
0: All right, I got. Let's get one more quickie. We got one more for the road. We got. We got. We got the Lido Shuffle. Yeah, buddy. all right. This is an update. This is an update for, you covered this story way, way, way back. That rocks ass. And here's an update. This is uh, sent it by Mary.Roll. Thank you, Mary Roll on Instagram. We like Mary.Roll. This Mary is from Roll. The Week, which is a respected news source. I bet it is. This was written by Chaz Newkey Burden. Come on. Great name. My right? God. First name Chaz. Mm. Last name Newkey, spelt like New Key, Okay. dash Burden. Yeah, Chaz is a kind of a not great name, but when you have Nuki
1: Burden at the end, it doesn't matter what you can put. You could be Trent Newkey Burden, and you're like, I like
0: that guy. Because when Jennifer Newkey married Ted Burden, mm-hmm. Ted was like, I do not like my last name. <laughs> and Jennifer was like, Newkey Burden... Now, now it sounds. Con- it's like when you hear it, you. It's almost like is it n o o k i e? That's what I B u y r d o n. Do you know yeah, what I the, mean? It's the like it's a new nookie, word. Yeah, yeah, a nookie burden. <laughs> I'm doing it for the nuki. Okay, absolutely. N- man who married sex doll dumps uh. her for an ashtray. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: oh man i was about to blow this guy up but he is back he is back why this man can get into the news so often by essentially know. just declaring insane things that he's in love with oh uh, i don't know but he i don't know either is back this he's all right a bodybuilder who married a sextile he's also a bodybuilder i think he's Kazakh, right uh, He's got the time. A bodybuilder who married a sex doll and then struggled to remain faithful, and you can click oh. on that, and I have. I'll get to that. Okay. Has said he is now in love with an ashtray. <laughs> who cares what he says? That's the craziest part. This isn't a, <laughs> this isn't a well-respected magazine. Uh, I could care less about what this guy ever says, but I love what he falls in love with. Yuri Talachko Tolok- insisted sure. he has moved on since his split from Margot the Doll and is building a new life with the ashtray. <laughs> the Kazakh muscle man was recently captivated by the ashtray in a club and now hopes to fashion a vagina for it so they can get intimately acquainted. Okay. Whatever. That seems not easy to do. That does not seem easy to do. And here's, here's what, if you click on Struggled to Remain Faithful, this is also from The Week. Yes, a Kazakhstani sir. bodybuilder who married this was uh, from June Pre- prior A Kazakhstani bodybuilder who married his sex doll has announced that he is open to dating a human. Describing oh. himself as pansexual, Yuri Talachko said he can love anything from a quote image to a quote soul. Dropping well, a bombshell, he said that after his marrying his doll Margot, he cheated on her with a, quote, strange object and a supermarket chicken while she was getting plastic surgery over Christmas. Okay. It's like a Mad Libs. It's a Mad he Libs filled in the blank of a news story.
1: If it's real, if this man truly feels both love and affection and sexual desire for these objects, I'm all for it. Yeah. I'm in. I'm in. Live how you want to live. If it's for attention, I'm half for it. Because he's given us content for our little news podcast. But if he's sincerely... There are people that love objects. There are people that love trees and cars and balloons. We get multiple stories a year of women who marry ghosts there's been so a lot many. We don't get any guys ghosts. marrying ghosts. Have you noticed that? No men marrying ghosts. Yeah,
0: guys marry a sex doll. A lot doll, of ladies. Women marry ghosts. Yeah,
1: and the ghosts have left the women. That's the other thing too. It was like one of the headlines was that a ghost ghosted this woman, and in the photo of her, no. and like the the crap, the sound oh. of the mirror was her looking devastated that oh. this ghost left her. I'm like, you gotta keep your windows shut, lady. You can't turn the vent <laughs> fan on.
0: We should get her an ashtray.
1: She would love it if this guy sincerely loves chickens and sex dolls and ashtrays. You know what? Whatever makes you happy, if it doesn't hurt other people exactly. or this animals, exactly,
0: then if- live how you want to live. I am in favor of it. I still just want to know who his publicist is because I, want to see I bet this you astray. there's a ton of fucking people out there being like, I love uh, Toaster, and yes. no one's writing a story about it.
1: No, but TLC, that net cable network, if that still exists, they're always putting people on there that are in love with pillows and eat foam and love handfuls of dirt and all that.
0: You know, everybody's got something these days. It reminds me of my, I think, favorite movie from any movie ever. I mean, favorite line from any movie ever. If it's the doors, I'm turning off the podcast right (laughs) now. No, it's Steve Carell's Carell's character from Anchorman. Oh, Where he's just like, they're talking about love and he just goes, I love Lamp.
1: <laughs> yes. Like, Are you just
0: looking at things in the office and saying you love them? <laughs> yes. I oh, love that God, so makes much. makes me so funny. God. It makes me so funny. It, it makes, makes me so, so funny. funny. This um, is why yeah. we
1: enjoy doing the bananas podcast—a little hour out. oasis for oh. us in the middle of another what a fest. typical day. A true giggle fest today. I think this was a very good episode. I actually. love it. I'm a big fan I would of it. Send this to the Smithsonian.
0: All right. I mean, we're 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 in competition for Smithsonian's best podcast. Yeah, they're always are always- yeah they're always looking for new submissions. <laughs> Give it tease us
1: out. Oh, this was sent in. You mentioned Chris earlier in Windjammers. Chris Hoslett, our good buddy. Also, uh, Jay Bergen 16 sent this in, too. Uh, Eating one hot dog takes 35 minutes off your life, a new study
0: suggests. Suggests. See? They don't come out and state it. They're suggesting it. It ain't true. I don't know. Eat those tasty tube sticks. I remember when when French fries were supposed to be cancer sticks. I, I just don't know about this stuff. I but understand yeah, I, it's not yeah. good for you, but God damn it, it's one of the only things my kids will eat, and I don't want to be thinking that I'm killing them. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. They're
1: fine. The oldest guy in Brooklyn, when I moved to New York in 2000-whatever, uh, the, the, one of the newspapers there, the post or the Daily News interviewed him, and they were like, what's the secret to your age? And he says, every morning I get up and I take two pieces of white bread and I fry them in uh, sh- like shortener, like Crisco. And he's like, because bacon fat is not fat enough. And I eat that. And that's what he does 365 days a year. Two pieces of white bread fried in Crisco for breakfast. And he was 140 years old. So it does
0: it. It's, it's 9,000 factors. Wash your hands, brush your teeth. Yep. Thank you to you, Scotty. Thank you to Katie Levine, our producer. Thank you. We love you that, our- Katie Levine intern. Lisa
1: Magid, who gave us a wonderful, wonderful top bananas list. And thank you to the benevolent overlords Karen and Georgia at the Exactly Right Network.
0: (whistles) (music) This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and engineered by Katie Levine. The music by Kahan. And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard.
1: You can follow us on Instagram at the Bananas Podcast, where we post stories every day and things that we don't cover on the podcast.
0: Listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast.
1: And if you're interested in advertising on bananas, please email us at thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. That's thebananaspodcast at gmail.com.